What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 60 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. We're back after a well-earned rest during the Chiefs' bye week, so we have loads to cover this week, starting with the emphatic win over the San Francisco 49ers, the new Chiefs recruit, Kadarius Toney, and, of course, taking a look at the Chiefs' Week 9 opponents, the Tennessee Titans. But first... going to roll right and launch the ball out of bounds. It's going to look weird. Rolling right, launching out of bounds, and Tony stealing the signals once again. Well done, <laughs> my friend. Jim, I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. Got to pay now as it's Henry stepping out. Yeah, I told you, probably three nothing with about uh, what three minutes to go in the second quarter. So, you're welcome. Now, Tom, you know, you know, I love you, right? Like, you know, you're my, you're my bro. You're my, you, you know, you, you, my guy, you know? Colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> no, you oh, would get an course. invite to the wedding reception. Oh, yeah. yeah the reception. Oh, thanks, yeah. mate. Not the day. <laughs> not the day do. No, not important enough for the day do. No, 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 no. Just the reception. Or the, even the disco on the night, maybe, yeah. Like, if I had a power rankings of 1 to 32 of my friends, you're probably about, like, I don't know, the Broncos. Top 32, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, I class you as a good mate, a great mate, yeah? And there's many things that I can forgive you for that you have sinned for in your life, right? And believe me, there's a lot. But this one, I cannot forgive. Tom and I went to go and watch the Broncos versus the Jags at Wembley. And it's an occasion where everybody gets the jerseys on. They all celebrate football. They promote the teams that they support. Tom Childs turned up in a Dallas Cowboys jersey. What do you have to say for yourself? I mean, yes, it was a Cowboys jersey, but... That wasn't the reason. The Cowboys wasn't the reason why I was wearing the jersey, was it, Brad? Well, what, what, I don't know. What, you tell me, Tom. 
What what name was on the back of the jersey? Romo. And who is my favourite non-chief of all time? That doesn't mean you have to buy the jersey, dammit. And which commentator does everyone love these days? <laughs> Tony Romo. Everyone loves Tony Romo. I'm sure there'll be some people saying, oh, I don't love Tony Romo. Tony Romo? Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Jesus. I've only had one beer. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's some people listening to this going, oh, I don't like Tony Romo. Tom, you need to go to hell for wearing a Cowboys jersey to Wembley. Exactly. But yes. I, 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 I've had that jersey for years. For years. I, it was a fantasy prize. I won a, I won a fantasy league a few years ago. We got to pick a jersey. I had loads of Chiefs jerseys at the time. So I got a Tony Romo jersey, being my favourite non-Chiefs player. Not ashamed to admit, I never wear it, ever. In fact, when I wore it on Sunday, I come downstairs and my missus looked at me and said, I've never seen you wear that jersey. I was like, I know, because I never wear it. Because it's always Chiefs stuff. And I thought, I'm going to go represent Romo at Wembley. Not ashamed. Don't care. Obviously, part of it was, (laughs) I'm not lying, part of me did wear it to wind you up a little bit because I knew (laughs) that you would hate it. But... There was there was two other Chiefs fans there as well in our part of our group. I just thought we might look a bit silly, all of us just wearing fifteens. So you know, let's wear let's wear a Romo jersey. Let's see what if it winds up Brad. And it worked. So I don't mind. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, honestly, I can't forgive you for that. Really I've never can't. seen you so irrationally angry about anything before. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I spoke to you for the first half, did I? <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> I think I sat at the opposite end of you as well. I, I just, I, I, I didn't know how to react to you because you've just been so childish, honestly. Well, you broke the ice when you actually brought like four pints and went, was like, there you go, Brad. <laughs> yeah. And then, there you go, Brad. And then, yeah, exactly. there you go, Brad. <laughs> exactly. Pints are you giving me? <laughs> well, you had some catching up to do. You were late to the party than the rest of us. So, you yeah, know, was, but no, like. I wanted to rock Romo. I like Tony Romo. I will never be ashamed to admit the fact that I like Tony Romo. I love watching him play. I love listening to him commentate. And I thought for a change, I'm not going to wear Chiefs red. I'm going to wear a Romo jersey. It happened to be a Cowboys jersey. Not ashamed. It was cool. Now you just need to get over it. Can't get over it, mate. It looked wrong. It like it was. It was almost along the lines of seeing Anton Deck in the wrong way around. That's what it felt like. <laughs> It felt like Anton Deck, who always stand side by side on the same side of each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's felt like that was like a, a, a kind of head-blowing moment where I was just like, that doesn't look right on Tom. It, do, it didn't look right on you, mate. It really didn't. That was certainly one of the more niche remarks you've ever made <laughs> on, on the Great British T-shirt. I wonder how many of our listeners have actually heard of Anton Deck. Anton Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the American equivalent of Ant and Deck? Is it Steve Harvey? With Steve Harvey on his own? Yeah, because like Ant and Deck are like our most famous TV presenters. Yeah, obviously they're, they're a duo, and they come as a pair. Obviously, that's what duo means, silly Tom. Um, but you know who who's the American equivalent of Ant and Deck? I don't think they got them, have they? Who's their most famous like TV presenter that just does everything? James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, America, you can keep James Corden. Yeah, keep him. <laughs> you can keep him forever. We never want him back. He can stay. One of, my, one of our more uh, successful exports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, we, we, we're digressing. We're digressing at the minute, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and there's another thing, Tom. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it all off my chest in this one, right? It's been two weeks since we recorded the podcast, and you're yeah. using it the whole thing to rant against me. But you've used this this bye week to like completely wind me up. And the other thing that you wound me up with was the tweet about blue check marks by Twitter are going to be uh, what was it? They're going to be twenty pound a month or something like that. Now something like that. Yeah. So you're going to be charged twenty pound a month for that blue check mark that you've got. Somehow you've got. How did you get it in the first place? I've, 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 I've even asked. I've even contacted Pete Sweeney. I said, right, come on, Pete, give the game up. How's he done it? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why you're so bothered about me having a verification on Twitter. No, no, like, it's it's not that you have one. It's that I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's your sense of entitlement. Like, oh, look at me. I'm the Brit Chief. I host the Great British Chief Show, so I, I'm deserving. I've won an of, Emmy Award. I'm, <laughs> just makes me laugh your sense of entitlement just i own the legion me. of zoom and i don't have a blue check mark and now apparently i'm meant to buy one it isn't what are you expecting are you expecting a blue check mark just like increases your following account by like ten thousand, and there's going to be like you're going to open the the front door one morning there's just going to be a line of women like a links advert or waiting for you oh look there's brad with a blue check mark is that what you think it do you think it unlocks some key to the city it isn't a superpower brad it is literally a symbol on the end of your name on twitter and there is no way in hell that elon musk is getting a single penny for me from me to pay to pay for his stupid amount of money that he paid to acquire Twitter. It's just not happening. It's it's not happening. Twitter can have my blue check mark. And if they want to give it to you, if you want to pay for it, I don't want then, it now. Then more for you. But I don't want I just, it now. I, I just think I just you, if you want my sloppy seconds, you can have <laughs> you can have it. But I just think you just need to get over it, Brad. Like well, it's not it's not that big a deal. No, no, I'm good. I'm I'm gonna say this one last thing, right? And this is a travesty, right? I've gone through all, I've done my research, I've done all my research here. Yeah. I've gone through all the AP staff, the Arrowhead Pride staff that haven't got a blue check mark, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to this, listen to this list, right? Me, Matt Stagner, Stags, he hasn't got one. He had one, but then they took it off him. Yeah. Me, Rocky Magania, yeah, he hasn't got one either. Great lad, Rocky. Uh, me, I haven't got one. Talon Graf. He hasn't got one. Um, me, I haven't got one. Reese Veach hasn't got one. Then there's me. Then there's Price Carter. He hasn't got one. Then there's me. And even the deputy editor, John Dixon, hasn't got one. And last but not least, me. <laughs> so that's a that's a comprehensive list, don't you think? There's 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 a uh, lot of there's a lot of I just love the fact that you that talented. Kept... I love the fact that you kept this bit off, like the breakdown of the show that you sent to me. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, Brad sends me a breakdown of like general conversations that we could talk about. Free will of that. Yeah, you're just you're leaving that bit off the off the show notes. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. But contact Elon. Get in contact with him. I have. Uh, (laughs) I already have. (laughs) Of course you have. Of course you have. You're living in his DMs. Um, Yeah, I. You need to. Just get over it. You really do. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to to know who does pay for it. And like, will you judge people that pay for it or not? I will now because I don't. I don't like the idea that you have to pay for it because it no. doesn't feel like you've earned it. No, I mean you've, at earned, least... the, you've you've earned the money to pay for it. 
but that's yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. You've earned the money <laughs> to pay for it. But I mean, I've tried for 16 months to try and get one, right? Yeah. And the fact that they keep knocking me back, knocking me back just keeps keep driving me even more to try and keep doing it every, <laughs> every single month to try and get it. It's become an obsession. Um, but anyway, yeah, I suppose now I think if they're going to be charging people for it, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I think I'll draw a line under that from now on, I think. <laughs> anyway. We talked a bit too much there about uh, about random stuff. So let's talk. Ca- we had some catching up to do for we everyone did. to hear, didn't we? Exactly. We did. Even though we met each other on Sunday for the game at the Bronx. No, How bad was that game? How bad was that game? <laughs> so bad. The Broncos Jags. I was like sitting there thinking, has anything really happened? I can't imagine. I can't remember a big play that happened in that game. Honestly, I think what part of the problem was that I was far too drunk by the time half time came along, <laughs> and. I was just sitting there watching the game and I was just like, these two teams are terrible. Like, yeah, the Denver defense is pretty good. The Jacksonville defense is pretty good. We have to give them some credit. Oh, yeah. But they're not, they're not, they're not defenses that are gonna take their team to the cha- to a championship. It's just not gonna happen. And so they need a little bit of something from their offense. But the offenses on both teams, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, is just painful to watch. Like you, you're watching the Jags and you're thinking. They tanked for this guy, like, like Trevor Lawrence. It's just, it's bad. And you look at the Broncos, you're thinking they traded for that guy, give that guy that much money. It's just awful. I've I've seen a lot of London games. Okay, it helps. It's only forty minutes down the road for me, so mm. I've seen a lot of the London games. That was one of the worst games by a country, and it was a close game in scoreline. It was a close game. It was the Jags had an opportunity to go win the game at the end. Um, obviously the the um, chances of them are doing it with Stim, but they had an opportunity. So you can yeah. say by scoreline it was close. But in terms of quality, I just think it was like a microcosm of the entire NFL season. Yeah. Like it just summed it up. There were some good bits and there were some good bits, but the majority of it was shit. And that is basically what the entire NFL season has been like this year. There's been some good bits, the Eagles, the Bills, the Chiefs, but the rest of it is just so bad. Yeah. And it's been as bad as I've ever remembered the league being. It, honestly, the, I, I touch on it quite a bit now in power rankings, how bad the league is. Mm. But it just seems to be getting worse and worse. And like when you've got players, and this is not a knock on PJ Walker or the XFL, but when you've got XXFL quarterbacks coming in and taking their teams on winning streaks against and beating bad teams and I it just yeah. the whole thing just at the moment the league just stinks it really does it's it's it does it, it it feels like the, 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 there's games there's a lot more games out there that are more like filler games before the big show happens the yeah big game happens and you're just going through the motions of watching these games now where yeah it's, I mean, you feel like i feel like I'm, I'm not watching the nfl at the moment and like and uh, I am enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as I, yeah. I would like. I, 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 the way I feel about watching the NFL games that don't involve the Chiefs at the moment is the way I feel when I watch college football. Yeah, like I, I watch college football, but I don't feel anything for it. For from it, I just kind of just watch it and just go through the motions while I'm watching it. That's how I feel about watching the NFL at the moment, unless yeah. the Chiefs are playing. It is you have whole... some interest, don't you? You have some interest because you like you enjoy the game. I mean, yeah. you enjoy the the sport. It's a, yeah. it's, a it's, it's close to. Our and heart. I know how good the sport can be. Yeah, but 
at the moment is just so bad. Do you, think it's, do you think it's because we haven't got really at the minute the kind of uh, established superstars at quarterback? Because the the young quarterbacks that are coming through at the minute are really struggling, aren't they? Uh, the the likes of Zach Wilson, he's he's yeah. had a very kind of uh, torrid time at the moment. Um, yeah, but even the old ones are struggling. Aaron Rodgers oh. and Tom Brady are struggling. Yeah, well, exactly. Many, you know, you're not getting that those powerhouses anymore. Quarterback, quarterback play at the moment is bad, and like. Obviously, there's been such a progression of offense for the last 10 years. The league has been so offense-orientated. The rules have been built around the offense. It's just like points, 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 points are the ones that are the things that pulls everyone in. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the defense is caught up a little bit. And it happens in a cycle. We do catch up every now and then. But this year, it just I don't know if it's the fact that the defense is caught up or is just, or if offensive execution is just at like an all-time low, yeah. and you, you're watching the teams try to move the ball, and it's just a struggle. And this is in an era where teams are supposed to be more aggressive offensively when they're supposed to be going for it on four downs. They're they're not punting as often. They they're going to score touchdowns as opposed to field goals as 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 much as they can. But you're still thinking like you're watching some of the the, the, the play calls and the the play designs. You're just like. What, what are you doing? What are you good at? Find what you're good at and, and stick to it. Stop trying to copy everyone else and mimic it badly. But this this this, this copycat league at the moment, I, I, it's almost like they're trying to become the big play offenses because they realize that yeah. that's what they need to be to be to get to the step up. But if you haven't got the people or the coaches to enable you to become a big play team, then don't do it. Yeah. Like there's no play point. Play to your strengths. Yeah. Exactly. Play yeah. to your strengths. But at the moment, I, I feel like the league as a whole is kind of like forgotten that and it's producing some god awful football and it, and it is bad. I, I'll be hard pressed to find anyone that reckons that this is the peak of NFL football so far. For me, yeah. it's, it's, it's the worst that I can remember in a very long time. There's no identity to the individual teams, is there? There doesn't seem to be anything coming out that, you know, that. You, you kind of look at a team and you think, oh yeah, they're really good at X, Y, Z, or whatever. You know, they, they, yeah. It, there's no identity there to I'm, some of these teams. But there, there is the main teams. Obviously, the Bills, the, the you know, the Chiefs, the even the Eagles. You know, they're mm. looking good. The 49ers um, now with Christian McCaffrey. They're with uh, yeah, yeah. You know, they've, and they've the Titans got... to an extent. The Titans know who they are. They we're talking about the Titans more often, um, yeah. further on a little bit. But they're running the football with Derek Henry. They, they they've got their identity. Yeah. But you look you look at the Raiders. Right, they have got Devontae Adams, yeah, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. They've got all these offensive weapons, and they don't get into the, the New Orleans Saints half until four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And even then, was Derek Carr benched from that point? And Derek Carr was benched at that point. <laughs> and this is against the Saints defense that has been leaking points for fun for the last few weeks. Crazy, isn't it? Like, how's that? Now, don't get me wrong. I want the Raiders to be that bad every week. So. Yeah. If if the NFL is going to be bad, at least let the Raiders be bad as well. Continue to be bad, mm. but it's not fun to watch. No one wants to watch a game thirty-four 0 or wherever it was. Like no one wants the game of the week being between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> between Marcus Mariota and PJ Walker. No one yeah. wants that. No. The problem is that because the NFL has built this idea of parity, and everyone's leans into it so much that sometimes pari- parity just creates a lot of medio- mediocrity. Mm. And that's all it is. I, I, I am all for powerhouses. Let there be a lot of powerhouses. Let it be, let, it be like, let it be like eight powerhouses that are yeah. guaranteed playoff teams every year. 
and then just look forward to those teams playing each other and then let the league just kind of tear itself way down. The problem at the moment with the NFL is you've got three powerhouses, you maybe got two teams after that that are pretty good. Yeah. And then and then after that you've well, we'll say three teams and then after that you've just got crap and it yeah. is literal crap. We're trying to do rankings this week impossible. After you got after you got past number 7 or 8, it's just like you you basically outside of like your Bears, Texans, Panthers, mm. uh, those type of teams, you could have put the rest of them in any order whatsoever and I wouldn't have argued. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, it's going to be fun when uh, when it comes up to wildcard weekend, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine watching wild but even wild card week well we could, like last year the Chiefs ended up with the Steelers which was obviously basically a bye week for us yeah which is great this week this year we could the, the we could end up with the second seed and having the wild card the Dolphins who will be a really hard game the Chargers yeah. will be a hard game because it's a divisional or we could end up with the New York Jets and Zach Wilson best season ever <laughs> <laughs> you just you just don't know you just don't know like i'll tell you what just blow it all up let's fast forward to the third week in january let's just have cheese versus bills asc championship game let's just play it yeah let's do away with the rest let's just have cheese versus bills i'll take it in buffalo let's just do it and then cancel the rest of the season and let's just play that one game a year yeah let's do let's just do that i mean <laughs> we were looking at this game previously uh, you know, against the 49ers, we were thinking this was going to be a really good kind of toe-to-toe matchup, you know, because the 49ers were, what, number one defence or something in the league for, for, you know, for the last few weeks. Um, and then they got the addition of Christy McCaffrey, which was another yeah. spice added to that game as well. And the Chiefs, well, yeah, I don't know what ignited them, but they just really took it to the 49ers. And, uh, you know, it was all about... Then you know it's the rematch of the Super Bowl, and it didn't end up to be anything quite like the Super Bowl. It was very much the Chiefs were on song. the The offense was clicking, the defense was doing really well, especially against the run against you know Chrissy McCaffrey, which you know everybody thought he was going to be running for hundred plus yards in this game. Um, but the Chiefs handled it so well, and I mean we're not going to talk about it too much because it's already been done on the other podcasts on the Arrowhead Pride Network, but. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on it, really. I mean, do you feel encouraged by what you saw from what the Chiefs did before the bye week? I think you have to be, but you also have to err on the side of caution because yeah. it was similar to what they'd done to the Bucks as well, where yeah. they went into a team that was renowned for having a great defence and just dominated them offensively. And then after that, the Colts saw the Chiefs' offence kind of like, fall apart a little bit um, yeah. and struggling in a couple of games. Uh, obviously, ideally, I want the Chiefs to produce like an offensive performance like that or close to that every single week. And it's almost a perfect amazing. game by the minute. Almost. I think it like I think I saw a stat or like some measurable some measurables or whatever. Yeah. That said that that was the the best Chiefs offensive performance that they've had since Mahomes' rookie year against the Browns. Wow, really? Um, yeah, apparently in terms of execution and what the on first down throwing first downs or whatever it was Hmm. i I don't know the measurables obviously i'm not doing the stat too much justice at the moment the way i'm describing it but (laughs) but the long and short of it was that this was the best performance that she's had offensively since that browns game that one where kelsey caught a couple of touchdowns kareem hunt caught a couple of touchdowns where they just moved the ball at will basically and it was like it was like peak chiefs offense and rookie 
Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, obviously you have to be encouraged against that. Obviously it's against the number one scoring defense. Obviously it's against a team that was looking for revenge. Obviously it was against a team that went out ahead as well. I was worried. I don't know why I continue to worry when the Chiefs go down big early, but I was worried. I thought, here we go again. They've gone down early. Yeah, The 49ers looked like they were clicking and they were clicking early and the Chiefs were struggling. But after that first drive, the offense just went, well, no, let's get on with it. And they just and they did, and it, and it was borderline perfect from then on. So yeah, you absolutely have to be encouraged. But I just want to see it now another week. I want to see it against the Titans. I think we've got the Jags the week after. Let's let, let's let's put a few games like it. We all remember. I think I got my swagger back that one. <laughs> oh. That, oh, oh. <laughs> and they done that, and then they kind of went dry, didn't they? A couple of weeks, yeah, a couple of weeks after. That. Let's let's hopefully let's let's start seeing like the the national like guys and the international guys start talking about the Chiefs offense the same way they do the Bills offense, even though the Chiefs offense technically and statistically is better than the Bills offense. Mm. I think because they don't do it consistently, like the Bills seem to be blowing teams out early Mm -hmm. and then just sitting on those leads because they're not doing it consistently. The Mahomes and the Chiefs offense isn't talked about in the same way as the Bills offense. Yeah. And I, you're probably thinking, well, what, what do the Chiefs care if what people are saying about them anyway? But I do kind of a little bit. So let, let, let's see how they do for a few weeks. Let's see if they can put up some more points against the Titans, against the Jags and whoever else they've got. I think they've got the Broncos coming up soon as well. I actually quite like it when, uh, you know, the media and, uh, you know, news articles all kind of shout more about Josh Allen, the Bills, you know, yeah. other teams other than the Chiefs, because I, I, I just feel like the Chiefs players really do take it to heart. They do, yeah, really I just do, no. They use that as fuel. I just don't want my homes to like miss out. I, and I'm, we're going into a conversation that we had a few weeks ago, but <laughs> I don't want my homes to miss out on deserved MVPs just because it's not the fashionable thing. Like yeah. my homes has to my homes has to work a little bit harder than everyone else now to get recognition for in terms of hardware, in terms of MVPs. And unfortunately for him to get that this year. He's going to have to statistically outperform Josh Allen. And although people will say on the eye, Josh Allen's been easier, Mahomes will need to statistically mm. pull uh, out outperform him. And so yeah, a few a few more big games against the likes of the Titans and the Jags will certainly help that. Uh just to round off the Chiefs 49ers game, uh, there was a few worldy games from uh the likes of Mahomes who we just mentioned, 423 mm-hmm. yards, three tutties and one int. Mm-hmm. Um and Juju and MVS uh suddenly yeah. came out of the shells, which was which was really good. Uh, I mean, especially MVS. I mean, we've seen Juju already have a, a pretty decent game beforehand, but MVS suddenly launched into the spotlight, uh 111 yards uh with three receptions. And you know, all Is of a sudden for? everything's rosy in the garden again with the wide receivers. Um but going further on from that, the Chiefs then plug in another wide receiver from uh, from a trade, Kadarius mm. Tony, which um, came completely out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, we 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 were speaking about this before, uh, that the the Chiefs needs at the minute. Um and I was I was very much on the uh, on the kind of the, the the wagon of not actually getting a wide receiver yet but going for a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um and I know you were quite up for the OBJ trade uh, not trade but signing weren't we from yeah. free agency and stuff and there was a lot of chatter about that in the group chat that we have um and i was not convinced i wasn't convinced that a wide receiver is what the chiefs need and i'm still not completely convinced that that's what we need right now another wide receiver because that wide receiver room at the minute uh is is really jam-packed 
and but loose usage of the word jam packed, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. But seeing a player like Kadarius Tony, I can see almost see why the Chiefs traded for him because uh, this because, is simple because they've got no one under contract next year. It, that's got, well, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, now they've got a young player who mm-hmm. former first rounder who. His movement is really good. Yeah, he's not obviously as fast as the likes of Tyreek Hill. And he ha- he's always been kind of compared to that. I remember even in the draft, he was compared with the ne- being the next Tyreek Hill. And obviously injuries have, have kind of caused that to, to kind of shut down a little bit. But seeing how he plays and seeing how he jukes and how he, you know, his vision that he's got, I'm really excited to see what he can do in this Chiefs team. Um, is he going to be a main starter? Not at the moment. I don't think he's an instant plug-in, but... He's probably one of those that is going to be plugged in later on when we've got the likes of Justin Ross, or if we keep Juju on. Um, mm. You know, um, I, I don't know if MVS will stay, but you know, who knows what might happen. But there's clearly something cooking at the moment in that wide receiver, uh, wide receiving core. Um, what What's your thought on the Kadarius Tony one? Because I know you wanted OBJ. I know you wanted him, but yeah, for, is for Tony the... somebody that you is kind of scratched that itch for you? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Right, I really wanted OBJ. Apparently, we're still in, we could still be in an OBJ. I don't believe. It. I think now that's the receiver room set for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um. What so what? MBS, Juju, McCall, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, and Kadarius Tony. I cannot see. I cannot imagine a scenario now where one of those players gets cut and OBJ comes in. I just can't yeah. see it. Mm. So I, I let me be clear. I wanted OBJ because. I wanted OBJ for this season. I wanted the cheap free agent rental, like the Rams got last year. The mercenary. A superstar-ish type receiver that could come in and just elevate the Chiefs offense. Take it from 90% to 95%. That's all I wanted. And that's all OBJ ever was to me. He wasn't the long-term answer. He was never going to be the long-term answer to the Chiefs, he was going to be a guy we get in end of November, December, having the playoffs. If he makes plays in the playoffs, great. Thank you very much, OBJ. There's your ring, your second ring in a row. Go, go to free agency and 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 get your bag. That's yeah. that's all it was, and that's all it ever was for me. Now I do think he's going to do that. My worry is now that he's going to go and do it for the Bills. Yes. That's my worry, yeah. and I would much rather be the team with OBJ than be the team having to defend OBJ. Yeah, so that that was my that was my my thought process when it comes to OBJ. The reason why I don't think Kadarius Tony like fills that void for me is because I don't think Kadarius Tony can be that guy this year. Yeah, and while I get the move, and I do get the move from a, a team building future standpoint. It's a cheap deal. He's young. We got him for three or four more years. I like mm. team control. I yeah. get it. The potential, the, the comparisons to Tyreek. I get it all. It makes perfect sense. Justin Ross, Skymore, um, Kadarius Tony. You've got three young guys now. If any of them reach their potential, then the Chiefs are laughing, right? Mm-hmm. I do get it. My issue with it, this is I still think that the receiver room needed to be improved this year. Yeah. I do think, as although we're coming off a performance where MBS played very well, Juju played very well, I still think that it was a sizable hole in the receiver room mm-hmm. to have that top tier, not top tier, but that that extra guy. Yeah. I just don't think Tony fills that void this year. 
And that's why I won't. That's the reason why I wasn't initially happy about the Tony trade. I couldn't see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I was very like narrow, narrow thinking, short term thinking. Win now, thinking, win well, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. But and that's why that's why I wanted OBJ because it was cheap, yeah. cheap rental. But Tony isn't going to be that guy. Tony will get his snaps. He will make a an impact an impact on the Chiefs' offense. I am sure once he starts to grow into it, I'm sure come January he'll have certain plays that are built for him. I'm sure that he will get some catches. He's just not going to make the impact that OBJ was going to make. The unfortunate thing is now there is no room for anyone else. It's yeah. it's they're they're not going to get rid of another guy. So the, my disappointment with the Tony trade wasn't because of Tony himself. It's because that trade signaled to me that OBJ is just definitely not going to happen. So this is the receiver room for the rest of the year. But going forward after this season, absolutely fine with it. I think it's a good, I think it's a smart move to make for the Chiefs. He only got drafted 18 months ago, short area quickness. He's already proven that he can play well in big games at this level. He went off against the Cowboys last year. He's had his injury problems. Some people say he's had his attitude problems, but he's come into a locker room that is renowned for doing very well, uh, being very good for for troublesome players. So hopefully he will be able to pick up and he, his his career will then see an upward trajectory and he'll be very good. But right now, Tony makes no difference to the 2022 version of this Chiefs and their Super Bowl yeah. chances. In a year where the league is so bad and you literally need to get over one hurdle to get to the Super Bowl and... I don't feel like the Chiefs have done enough offensively to give themselves the advantage going into that particular matchup. Yeah. That's... I see where you're going. I see where you're going with it. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll agree with you there. Um, yeah, LBJ is one of those um one of those players, isn't he? He's he's, he's very much a seasoned veteran, knows what it's all about. He, I yeah. mean, we saw it with when he went to the Rams. Yeah, exactly. him, you know, instant impact straight away. It was just unfortunately he got injured when he did. Um, so I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, instant plug in and play compared to the long term kind of investment. Yeah, but, and uh, don't like I cannot mock a team for long term thinking. You can yeah. you you have to admire it. The fact that they they know that they've got all of these contracts potentially to pay coming up. They've got this superstar quarterback that they're probably going to have to repay again in the next couple of years. So going young and cheap, I do admire it. But just every now and then, I would like them to take a swing. And I'm hoping that the Tony signing doesn't mean the end of Juju. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, the fact we've got Tony, the fact we've got Sky Moore, the fact we've got MVS, the fact we've got Justin Ross, these four guys now basically under contract for next year. Hmm. And there's only two more spots. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, we don't need to pay Juju. And Juju, let's be clear, is going to be the top wide receiver in free agency. Mm-hmm. If you look at the wide receiver list for free agency, it is dry. In fact, McCall Hardman might be the second best on the list. That's how right. dry it is. So if there's receiver needy teams out there, he's going to get paid. I just hope the Chiefs kind of find a way with Juju to get a deal done because I love him. I think he's been excellent so far this year yeah he's really starting to step up and he's trying to starting to be a, another like go-to guy for Mahomes, and we could do with more guys like that especially with kelsey getting older as well that's mm. like i know he's a unicorn and he plays every single game he hasn't missed a game since his rookie season um but he is getting older we cannot go into next year with our best pass catching option by a country mile, still being a 34 year old Travis Kelsey. Mm. 
Like it doesn't seem that doesn't sit right. Really, he can still be the best, but he can't be the best by a distance. Yeah, and that's what he would be, even if Tony Ross, Skymore start to step up their way. Travis Kelsey will still be light years ahead of all three of them. You still need that other guy in there. You still need someone that's not as good, but close to that level. Someone else who's just who can be just as reliable on his day as Travis Kelsey. So for someone like Juju, they need to they need to find a way to get a deal done with him. I'm not talking pay him Tyreek Hill money. That would be ridiculous. I'm not talking paying him Devontae Adam though. But if you said to him, right, here's the Christian Kirk contract for Juju. Yeah. I, I would I would pay it. I would pay it. It's probably it's what double what he's on at the moment for the Chiefs. But I think he's probably already proved that he's warrants it. There's been health concerns, of course, but you build that into the contract. You build that into the contract with the guarantees. But either way, you have you just simply have to try and get a deal done with a guy like that that's proven his worth already. Yeah, and the chemistry is already kind of connected with yeah. already with, uh, with with Patrick Mahomes. It's already, it's already and been another point. Him. You've just done it. Another point. You cannot do a Green Bay to Patrick Mahomes. Like th- this isn't talked about enough as well. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are going through the exact same situation right now. Yeah, and look how one quarterback's handling it <laughs> compared to the other. Right? You don't want to run the risk of Patrick Mahomes becoming Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers for me is one of the most underachieving football players of all time. Yes, I will I will completely agree with you on that that yeah. He, I, he I think the Packers in general are yeah. one of the most underachieving franchises of all time. What they've had what 40 years of Hall of Fame for 30 years of Hall mm. of Fame quarterback play and they've got two Super Bowls for it. That's, that's a, not a good return, is it? It's not a good return. <laughs> it's not a good return. So you don't you don't want to run the risk of Pat Mahomes turning into Aaron Rodgers part two. We we cannot do that. We cannot be sitting here 10, 15 years down the line and saying, when's Pat going to get his second ring? Yeah. When's he going to get it? And so by continuously rolling out new receivers for him every year, giving him a few weeks to build the chemistry, you're just putting more and more and more pressure on the guy. Like the, the, these receivers, they get paid as well, but paid of receivers to take some of the pressure off Pat, off Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So if you find the guy like Juju, just pay him, just pay him and keep Pat happy. Like you've already lost one guy that he loves. Let's not leave an, let's not lose another one two years in a row. Okay. I just want to touch on that before the break, actually. How good! I've never seen a trade work out so well for both teams before. Have you? Yeah, I hate it. Because <laughs> Holmes is is obviously you know going off. He's you know he, he seems to be mm. you know back to to what he was you know back in twenty eighteen. You know he seems to be you know the Mahomes that we all love and and got excited for back then. We're, we're really excited about his play this play this year. Um, but then you've also got Tyreek Hill, who's is. You know he's 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 on course to breaking was it the uh, the receiving yards record or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's incredible. It's crazy how both parties have really kind of come out on top with this. Well, we don't know. We we don't know that yet. Oh, or he's just, looking that way. No, the, the the Miami Dolphins at the moment are the winners of the trade. They you have to say the winners of the trade because they've got the instant return on Tyreek Hill. Yeah, we don't know yet. Although Mahomes is playing brilliant without Hill, all that's proven is that Mahomes is some form of demigod. That's all that's proven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know yet what the return will be on the Tariq Hill picks. It's yeah. still too early to tell. 
Like we've obviously Trent McDuffie's played one game. Yeah. And then what is it? We we've got a first round next year, is it? We've got from them. I I don't know. I don't, I can't remember what the picks the were. 30, so long. 32nd pick in the first round, yeah. It was so long ago now that, that I've forgotten the amount of picks, but we <laughs> we haven't seen what these draft picks have turned into. So yeah. it's if the draft picks turn into two or three very good players, then yeah, absolutely. But right now, you have to say the trades worked out good for us. Bloody excellent for the Dolphins. <laughs> like, let's be honest. They've done all right. I'm Him alone it. has made them a very scary team. And so, yeah, hopefully the Chiefs do equal that up one day. And it has all the potential to. I'm not down on the trade at all. I'm not. I'm not. Every now and then I look at Tariq Hill in a Dolphins uniform and I want to throw up. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it, it but is I, horrible. And, horrible. And the thought of the Dolphins knocking the Chiefs out of the playoffs in Arrowhead does petrify me. I'm not going to lie. But... <laughs> We did say this about the Dolphins before because you asked me beginning that was it two or three games yeah. in the season? Are you worried? Are you concerned about the Dolphins yet? And I was like, Nah, I'm not concerned about them yet. I'm starting to notice them a bit more, now. <laughs> yeah. especially because recently they've just literally traded for Bradley Chubb as well, haven't they? Yeah, um, from the Broncos, which kind of helps us in the division. But when we get into that AFC, you know, yeah. championship round and stuff like that, yeah. You start looking and thinking, mm, they're starting to build something now, the Dolphins. They're starting I, to build a bit more momentum now and they're getting the pieces put together now. And it's. I feel like Jim Carrey and me, myself, and Irene, you know, when, when they, they find a dead cow or what they think is a dead cow on the floor and he continually shoots it over and over, the cow just won't die. That's how I feel a bit at the moment with. Uh, um, yeah, with the Dolphins. With, with the Dolphins or like Austin Powers. Why won't you die? Like, that's, that's how I feel at the moment about the Dolphins. Like, yeah. I, I look forward to someone knocking them out in January so we don't have to play them in the playoffs. We can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right then. We talked for ages there, mate. It's been a good that was a man. We might as well just wrap the show up now. <laughs> Never mind the tyres. <laughs> All right, then we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be doing the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. And we'll also be looking ahead to the Week 9 matchup against the Tennessee Titans. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year 
at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi there, and welcome back to The Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. Uh, it's this part of the show where we do power rankings. And Tom, who is the worst team in the Arrowhead Pride power rankings this week? Uh, Houston Texans. Texans? I thought it was going to be Panthers again, but the Panthers... Uh, they started winning games. Well, it couldn't yeah. be the Panthers, man. Like they've, they've, They were playing for first place in the AFC, uh, NFC South by the weekend. They can't be the Panthers. They've picked it up. Um, <laughs> all I'm going to say about the Houston Texans is that at least you've got baseball, Houston. Like that's all, that's all you've got. But that's not a got... good thing, no. Was it Houston Astros? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Tom, that's not a good one. You can't really say. Well, at least you've got baseball. Yeah, they're they in got, the World you know, You got the got the cheating going on, cheating scandals and stuff. Hey, God. Yeah, but weren't they like one year? Haven't they been in like the World Series or like the playoffs or the championship game like seven years out of ten or something like that? No idea. I'm sat here with a Royals jersey on, and I have no idea, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball's a silly sport. I don't even care if I've just offended half of our listeners. I've never what? been so bored at a sporting event in my life than I went to see the Royals. <laughs> and it was a special game we went to. It was a we went to we game, went to the last yeah. game of the 2017 season. So it was when like when Moose, Dakas, Osmer, all those guys, yeah. it was their last game. And the K was packed. And they paid the Arizona Diamondbacks and lost like 16-2 or something like that. I was gonna but, say, didn't they get beat but, like 15 or something? Yeah. But it was so boring. So yeah. boring. And like I love cricket. Right, cricket is one of my. I spent one hundred and fifty dollars last week on Ashes tickets next year. Right, yeah, <laughs> next year for next year. Yeah, oh. so we're going to see the Ashes, England, Australia, and the cricket. Right, oh, Test cricket, class. And I am extremely excited for that. And you might think, well, baseball's kind of similar. No, completely different. Baseball's just so bad. It's awful sport. Do you know? At least so. in the cricket, even if it is a bad game, you can make a plastic snake. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly that. <laughs> when in Rome. When in Rome, yeah, when in Rome. Um, right, okay, uh, top five for the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. It's the same top five as last week. Obviously, we didn't do a show last week, so... Um, are you slacking you went... in your job? Is that what it is, Tommy? Yeah, are you, yeah. Are you, just, are you just copied and pasted from the Basically, two weeks yeah. prior? Was that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, number five, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Number three, Philadelphia Eagles. Number two... Kansas City Chiefs, they've gone up since we last spoke. Ooh. And uh, the Buffalo Bills, rightly or wrongly, at number one. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Number six, we've got the 49ers. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a cluster of teams which are okay, Ravens, Se- Seahawks, Dolphins. But then after that, as we touched on in the yeah. very, very long start to the show, um, just there's a lot of bad teams. And, uh, yeah. yeah. They do not need any more airtime from us. Nice to see our uh, Super Bowl picks are doing very well as well. The Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think about that. We yeah. did, yeah. I said yeah. the Cowboys and you thought I was insane. Yeah. And I said yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. So. But you've had a good you had a good case for the Eagles. <laughs> I didn't have a good case for the Cowboys. <laughs> Michael Parsons, is he in the MVP conversation? Yes, has to be. If he was if he was a quarterback, he would be. But oh yeah, no, he has to be. So. Surely, surely no. he has to be. A defensive player is never going to win an MVP. If if Aaron Donald or TJ Watt 
can't win it, then Michael Parsons. They'll be in there to fill in the numbers. Just say, look, 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 we're picking a defensive player as well, just as the top five, you know. Go for it, boys, you know. There'll be some hipster that picks them that drinks in Shoreditch and just says, oh, I I picked Michael Parsons because I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you're right, a a QB will win it. QB will win it. Yeah. It's down to Mahomes or Allen, isn't it, basically? Don't sleep on Jalen Hurts, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, good point, yeah, good point. Mm. Uh, Right then. Let's get into the uh, the Titans game, week nine, at Arrowhead. We're back at Arrowhead. The next two games are at Arrowhead, aren't they? They are. So uh, Chiefs fans will be tailgating to uh, to the heart's content in the next couple of games. And um, before looking at this, I thought Titans. You know, yeah, I can I can see how they are, and you know, both teams are five and two, mm-hmm. which is you know, I I I didn't actually expect that from the Titans this year. I must admit. Um, because they are very much one-dimensional, and we'll see that in a minute when we start going through the, some of the stats as well. Because um, the Titans, uh, they are down to like the backup quarterback now as well mm-hmm. um, after Ryan Tannehill went out, mm-hmm. um, and now they've they've somehow managed to steer themselves to a five and two. Now we were talking about this at the beginning of the show where teams have been losing their identity, but like you said, well, you rightly said, the Titans now really do have an identity. But they've had this identity for some time. And that identity is Derrick Henry. Sorry. Breaking news. Oh. As we record. Go on. I'm absolutely gutted about this one because it means we no longer can use this meme. But the Chiefs have traded not for, they have traded away cornerback Richard Fenton to the Atlanta Falcons. No! Yeah. Fenton! 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Benton. So where's he gone? To the Falcons. <sighs> I mean, I'm not gutted about... Well, I am a little bit gutted about the player because Richard Fenton had some some decent plays in Kansas City. He played some decent games and up until this year, he was pretty solid. But I'm more so gutted that we only got a sixth round pick for him. Sixth? And... We won't be able to use that meme ever again. Ever again. Like, it's dead. It was good while it lasted, though. I'm really good at that. So, so cornerback room now, surely we must be quite light on that. We've got Sneed, we've got McDuffie. Who else have we got? Watson, Williams. Watson, Williams. Uh, well, no, I say we're not, we're not that not, light. But not loads of bodies, though, is it? Yeah. No, it's not, but... Oh. And nobody oh. coming the other way, either, which... Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Watson, Sneed, McDuffie, Joshua Williams. Ah, they've got Nazir Johnson as well. Ah, right, yeah. That's five cornerbacks. And Chris Chris Lamont as well, who's always going to keep his spot because of special teams. So, yeah, they've got six guys. Oh, well. So there was probably probably a spot to to be had or to be traded away. Sixth round. But um, he should have at least got a fourth. Maybe not. Maybe not that much. Maybe oh, a day. A day off. I would have obviously preferred a high day free pick, but 
they got something for him. It's better than releasing him, isn't it? So, well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah but it goes awesome. to show you that here we are recording the podcast an hour and hour and fifteen minutes after the deadline. It still stand, still can be done. Do you know? I after said that deadline. beforehand. We were like, yeah. nah, nah, that's done. And I was like, no, nah, but maybe you know, you hear these ones that are like, oh yeah, we thought about this one. This just snuck through. Just snuck through. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it snuck through. Yeah. Um, but, Isn't it weird now that the NFL trade deadline is better than transfer deadline day for football? Oh, it's miles better. I, do you know, I I don't even know when the Premier League transfer deadline day is now because I'm just not yeah. bothered by it anymore. It's I so boring know. now, isn't it? It used it used to be one of the best days of the football calendar. The transfer because deadline. there was, was money it was, going it was, left, it was, right, center, and it was our, our our equivalent of the draft, basically. Yeah, um, it was constant action everywhere. But now it's just a bit boring. I think ever since Sky Sports stopped letting fans stand behind the reporters, <laughs> it's been bad. And I'll give I'll, I'll give the back. I'm sorry, we're sidetracking massively here, Chiefs Kingdom. But, you know, as I, said, as I said, as I said, we don't really know a lot about the Titans, and we've got two weeks to catch up on. But anyways. You're, you're going to YouTube this after I tell you about this story anyway. I think, but, I think I've already seen it. I know, I think I know Not you. Gonna... I'm talking about the listener. Oh, right. Um, okay. <laughs> the listener will YouTube this. Anyway, they've probably seen it in GIF form anyway. But years ago in transfer deadline day, they used to have reporters outside the grounds of every single Premier League club. So they could go bounce around the grounds. And say, similar to what they do on game day morning in the NFL, but they bounce around the clubs. Have you heard anything, Jeff? What's going on over there, Clive? Go to him. Oh, yeah, Ozil's been spotted. Anyways, one year they <laughs> were outside. Been spotted in McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One year they were outside a stadium. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And there's fans all behind this one report. He's just like a bunch of nobody standing behind this report and whatnot as he's trying to do his thing in front of him. Anyways, someone come along. <laughs> ran along and put a sex toy in the ear of the reporter whilst he was live on camera. <laughs> live TV. <laughs> this big blue nine inch long thing into the ear of the reporter. And ever since then, Sky Sports filmed from inside the grounds where no fans could be. And I think that's part of the problem with transfer deadline day is that that's all gone. And yeah. that paired with the fact that there's not many deals these days has made it quite boring where the NFL trade deadline for whatever. Oh yeah. Okay. There's no sex toys involved, but, <laughs> but the action that's happened in terms of the GMs and the deals they're making has just gone through the roof. And like I'm sitting here and I have been sat here for the last couple of hours before the deadline, refreshing Twitter constantly because every five minutes there's a deal going down and you're thinking, oh, that the, the Trey Hawkinson deal going through earlier, I thought that was going to be the, the biggest deal of the night. And yeah. then next, you know, Chase Claypool's joined the Bears. Next, you know, Bradley Jubbs joined the joined the uh, Dolphins. Yeah. And even just like little ones, just before the deadline comes through, you see Naeem Hines join, join the Bills. And like, okay, it's not like a groundbreaking move, but that moves the needle a little bit for the Bills. And yeah. so there's, there's deals happening that make a difference to the NFL season. And I just feel like the football, our football, football slash soccer has kind of lost that a little bit recently. You don't see the big headline deals like we've seen today with the NFL trade deadline. Good on you, NFL, for finally catching up with the rest of the world. Because in America, the NBA trade deadline's always been miles better than the NFL one. But now the NFL's mm-hmm. kind of taken over a little bit. I wonder why. I wonder why that is, though. I wonder why because even though I think I just a, think a really bad season of, of of games and stuff and teams and stuff, we still. I think really maybe bad, this but... year. I think maybe this year, the look at the the GMs are looking at the NFL landscape and thinking, 
I mean, we only need to beat one good team and we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Probably. Like, it's not, it's not the gauntlet that they thought it was going to be, especially on the AFC side. They're thinking, right, if we just make these small improvements, these couple of improvements in the deadline, maybe that's going to be enough to put us over the top. And we are seeing now that GMs are, are, aren't valuing draft picks quite like they used to. Yes. Um, that is a big change we're seeing in the NFL last two or three years. We're seeing more trades around the around around the draft. We're seeing more trades of draft picks around the trade deadline. I think I think they're finally realizing that the draft, yes, there's some science to it. There's obviously some some know-how that goes into it. There's some logic, but also it's a bit of a lottery at the same time. And the known commodities is what people are starting to go for. They'd rather pay for the known commodity and try and risk it through the draft, especially when they're in a window to potentially potentially win a championship. One thing I'm very surprised about about this kind of deadline day window is we've not seen any of the quarterbacks moving around. I don't think you ever will. But, like, do you know what I mean? But I mean, even even though we've seen some really terrible quarterback play from some of the young, you know, the young quarterbacks that have come into the league. They're still being stuck with. They're still kind of, you know, sticking with them in, in, as part of the team, and then kind of eking the way out to try and get to the draft. Probably try and draft another one that might be the answer. Mm. Um, but there's nothing really out there. I mean, I honestly thought that somebody like Derek Carr would have been ready on the trade block, especially the way, him. especially you, the way the Raiders you, are going. You, at the you're moment. not just taking the player; you're taking the contracts, aren't you? Yeah. So who's going to take Derek Carr now? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, who's 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 close enough to win the Super Bowl that they reckon they can take Derek Carr now? Surely, surely the the Russell Wilson trade has just scared anyone off taking a quarterback over thirty with a trade. Oh yeah, well yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't unless a Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes become available via trade. Then what would that be worth for Mahomes? Mahomes trade, you you, you couldn't do it. I think you're only allowed. <laughs> I think the maximum you're allowed to draft uh, trade is three first round picks, isn't it? Is it? I think it's, I think you're in, I think I'm pretty sure it's only I might be completely wrong. I'm pretty sure you're only allowed to draft three years worth of draft capital. That's wow. as far ahead as you can go. So you couldn't do it. Wow. You couldn't look like seven draft classes isn't uh, sorry, three seven round draft classes is not worth Patrick Mahomes. Not enough. It's not enough. It's great when you, it's great saying this, isn't it? Yeah, it just, it just isn't enough. No, you would need you would need to give a stadium, like an island. Yeah, you, you'd you'd need to give all sorts, all sorts of backhanders as well. You no, there's just like, Greenland available. Look at that <laughs> Greenland for it. He he actually might be priceless. Yeah, there you are. Anyways, so, the Titans. The Titans. <laughs> 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 anybody listening to this they'll be going this is just what these guys do they just digress and then they kind of steer yeah. it back later on but uh yes i just I, think that people have just realized they've just walked into our conversations from the pub <laughs> that's all it is this is what um, it feels like doesn't it yeah it feels like it's um, just a conversation down the pub. where were we with the titans so the titans yeah they've got Matt i was talking about identity i was talking about a team a team that has an identity and the titans are one of those that has that identity doesn't it yeah and it's an identity that the chiefs have struggled with yes they have struggled with it. Uh, I've I've seen that Andy Reid is what one in five against the Titans yeah. since he's been in Kansas City. Not he's great. By far and away, his bogey team. Mm-hmm. Like he's not even close. He's the team he has the worst record against. And 
why is that? Is it because of the run game? Is it because of bad juju? Is it just bad luck? Is it Jonah? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But the Titans certainly have a method that they like to stick to, and it has proven successful against the Chiefs previously. Now it hasn't proven successful all the time. Remember the AFC Championship game? Yes. They come, they come to our head with a very clear plan, and that 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 plan was to try and run Derek Henry down the Chiefs' throats because yep. it worked in the playoffs for them previously against mm-hmm. the Patriots, against the Ravens. It worked that year. They even had Ter- Derek Henry running in touchdowns out of Wildcat, if we remember rightly. Yeah. But the Chiefs managed to adjust to that and they managed to shut Derek Henry down. And when they did shut Derek Henry down, the Titans had no answer yep. whatsoever. Now, on the flip side of that, earlier in that year and what we saw last year, when the Chiefs cannot shut Derek Henry down, the Titans prove a very difficult opponent for the Chiefs to play. And then people say, oh, running the football isn't the way to win games. It absolutely is if you've got someone like Derek Henry that just doesn't seem to tire. And, and when he's when he gets going, he seems unstoppable. Mm. And the Chiefs have struggled against that particular player in the past. Now, we are better against the run this year. We are one of the best run defences in the NFL. Is that because of circumstance or is that because we're just better against the run? I'm not too sure. I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of how good this Chiefs defence is against the run on Sunday night. Yeah, I like the fact that the Titans are unapologetic about who they are. They are a run-heavy team. It goes through one guy and they don't mind you knowing it. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly how I like yeah. the Titans. There's no, there's nothing secretive about them. There's no secret weapon that you think, well, we've got to watch that guy. We've got to watch this guy. We've got to watch these matchups. Yeah. You know, got to watch these schemes. It's literally one guy. Yeah. And you can see that in the stats straight away. I mean, the last game, Derek Henry had 32 carries for 219 yards. And then before that, it was 30 carries for 128 yards. And then before that, it was 28 carries for 102 yards. You can see straight away. I mean, I've never seen so much of a load up on a run, on a running back in my life compared to what they're doing with Derek Henry. I mean, they're going to burn him out eventually, but yeah. they are literally. I mean, I suppose the only guy I can kind of relate to that is Jamal Charles. The Chiefs used to use Jamal Charles in the running game a heck of a lot. They used to use him in the passing yeah. game as well, but that that eventually burnt him out. You know, he started picking up injuries, but. Derek Henry, I mean, he's such a powerhouse of a running back. You know, mm-hmm. he's got the speed, he's got the power, he's got just got everything. He's got the vision. He's he's like almost like the complete running back. Mm-hmm. And and having that as a as a as your main focus and everybody knowing about it, and yet the still the Titans are five and two by using that and saying, yeah. we're gonna run on you all day, and you're gonna have to try and stop that. Yeah. That for me shows that Derek Henry is one of probably the one of the best running backs we've ever seen. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's he absolutely is a Hall of Famer, by the way. Yeah, and it's rare for me to say that about running backs. Uh, I think it's hard for running backs to make the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but I just think when you look at what he does and what he's meant for a a single team and how close, yeah, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Yeah, but. That's not been because of Derek Henry. They just it's been because of 
Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> let's, yeah. be on it. let's be honest, because of yeah. Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, they, they are such a unique team in the fact that they are happy to commit to the run. And it does help that when he's there, Ryan Tannehill is one of the best play action passers in mm. the game. But play action is always going to be easy for a quarterback when teams are so engaged in stopping a the run. They, they're like, like they jump, they defenders must jump forward a little bit more on the run, yeah, the play action than they do for any other running back in the league. That they, there must be that much respect given to to um, Derek Henry. They must open up those windows a little bit quicker, a little bit easier for Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill might play on Sunday. We don't know yet. We're recording Tuesday night. The, way, the injury designations aren't out until Wednesday evening. So we mm-hmm. don't know what Ryan Tannehill's status is. If he plays, it's a very, not a difficult, very difficult proposition, but it's a difficult proposition. It's more difficult than what it is with Malik yeah. Willis. Yeah. Now, obviously, the big difference is but from this last year to this year is that AJ Brown is no longer in Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. And he is destroying the NFC at the moment for mm. the Eagles. And I still do not understand why. Titans for it was okay not to pay that guy and to trade him away. Madness. Well, we know why because the offense runs through Derek Henry. Yeah. But AJ Brown, he offered just that little bit something else, some of that 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 other superstar in the offense. Now, I don't think there's that other superstar in the offense anymore for the Titans. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs will be able to key in on Derek Henry. Now, will they be able to stop him? With we we will find out. But it is a bit easier than last year. Now, obviously, again, if Malik Harris plays, what? Well, how many passes attempts did he have on last week? Was it nine passing attempts he had, or he had again? ten attempts, six completions? In, I mean, you don't fifty-five yards. You don't have to worry about that quarterback performance at all, do you? <laughs> no. But we've got Trent Duff. We've got Trent Duffy coming back as well. He's been activated back off our. Uh, that got that was the other part of the news with the yeah. Rashad Fenton thing. So. You don't have to worry about that type of quarterback play where you can just key in. And, Do we need uh, cornerbacks in this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just line up all the linebackers. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, it's an intriguing match. It's such a contrast to styles, the Chiefs t- yeah. Titans, and it, it, everyone loves the Chiefs and rightly loves the Chiefs are the best team in the league. But for whatever reason, when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs team and Andy Reid in particular plays against the Titans. Something happens for the Titans, and something happens there. So this is why this is why I'm no I'm not saying oh, that the Chiefs are going to win easy. I'm not. It's a hard game to predict because because the Chiefs have proven that they do struggle against this particular team. Yeah, even the, though, like let's you be said, fair, the the game we played them last year was the single worst game of the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah, awful. I think we scored three. Was it three points we scored last year? Mate, it was. I think I've just wiped it from my memory banks. It was that. Yeah, it was in that. It was that run. It was in that awful run we had, like late September, early October yeah. last year, where we just weren't scoring points. And odd, wasn't it? That very yeah. odd. I remember Josh Gordon an interception thrown his way or something like that. Oh. Um, but yeah, just a terrible game. And okay, it helps that this one isn't being played in Nashville. But yeah, Sunday night football, they're going to come out with a point to prove. They're going to want to run the football over us. It'd be. Uh, an interesting watch. Yeah. Um, I put, I put, there's a section in my uh, my show notes here that I've put key players. And I've put Derek Fran Henry, duh. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I mean, you don't like, need to overcomplicate it, do you? No. <laughs> like, you don't really need to. Like, the Chiefs offense will score points. 
Yeah. Like they do. It's just how many how many opportunities will they get to score points? Are we going to see eight, nine-minute drives from the Titans that end up in touchdowns? We are going to see long, long drives from the Titans. It's yeah. going to happen. They are going to get into the red zone. What happens after that is what matters. Like it is the ultimate bend, don't break type of game. And this hard against the Titans. They've got one of the best red zone you know offenses what? in the NFL. Can I just stop you there? Whenever any Chiefs fan or any commentary mentioned Ben don't break, I shudder because I think of a Sutton defense. <laughs> I just I don't know what it is. I just have a bit of a tick where I go like <laughs> P- PTSD about oh, Bob Sutton. God. Yeah, Bob Sutton defense, Ben don't break. Oh God. <laughs> I just hate it. But this game is the perfect Perfect Ben Don't Break game. It's <laughs> oh man, right. Well, uh, predictions. Yeah, uh, this show's gonna be going, going over two days so far, isn't it? <laughs> so, it? so long. I thought we saw each other on Sunday. We've been yeah. speaking about everything. Um, uh, predictions, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, quite convincing Chiefs 31, Titans. 20. You predicted that last game. I did, and it didn't happen, so I kind of going to go for it this time. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been Chiefs score points. I say that every week. Boring groundhog day. Um, but I think the Titans score points too. So I'm going to say Chiefs 30, Titans 27. It's going to be a um, yeah. a closer game. These these primetime games with the Chiefs, they um, especially at Arrowhead. They can sometimes be a little bit scary. So, yeah, I expect another scary one. Chiefs 30, Titans 27. Yeah, I'm just checking the previous scores, actually, from the Titans. The most they've scored in the game this season is 24 points. So, I'm expecting so around defense about has been stepping up as well. Yeah. So, yeah. A big game, by the way, because we obviously tied on record, and this will be a tiebreaker. And yeah. so, if the Chiefs oh, God, wanna... yeah. yeah, it would, wouldn't it? The Chiefs won the uh, potential to have the second seed. Obviously, they want the first, and that's still well in play. But if they want the second seed, if the first does come out of play, then they need to beat the Titans because um, the Titans have got some cupcake games going up, coming up, and uh, against that horrible division of theirs. So, yeah, they, their record's going to be right there. So, okay, then that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, thanks again to everyone who listens to this show. We've read the comments from all of you that have taken the time to give us a shout out and let us know how we're doing as well it's such a buzz to hear from you all so please keep the reviews coming in through the Arrowhead Pride review section on Apple Podcasts as always stick around on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for more Chiefs content and of course keep up to date with everything Chiefs with daily content on your website arrowheadpride.com all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.